Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Hard Currency, the weekly podcast from the Financial Times on the foreign exchange market. I'm Roger Blitz, and this week is all about the dollar, on the move once more. But what's causing it? Was it Donald Trump's promise to Congress of $1 trillion of infrastructure spending, or was it Federal Reserve officials talking up rate expectations? Or maybe it was both. Discussing this with me on the line from New York is Stephen Englander, head of G10 FX strategy at Citigroup. Stephen, uh, what did you learn from Donald Trump's Congress speech? Well, I think we learned that he knows how to use a teleprompter. And I think that's very important because it meant that he was able to deliver an extremely effective speech, say, on topic, and none of the ad hoc comments that have damaged him politically in the past were forced here. So I don't think it's because we learned much more about the policies, but I think that the market decided it may have been a little bit too pessimistic in his ability to actually push them forward effectively, given how effective his speech was. So you attribute some of the dollar's push to his speech then? I would say some, but by far the majority comes from the run-up in, in expectations about the Fed. The probability of a March hike has gone up, I think, by about 50% over the last five days. Mm. And that certainly is very dollar positive, and, you know, for, for all the conventional reasons. And I think it also helps that the equity market has been rallying at the same time. We'll come on to the Fed in a minute, Steve. But, but did this week's rally, did the combination of, of issues, did it remind you of the post-election rally in November for the dollar? I think so, except that the post-election rally was almost entirely Donald Trump and market revising its view of how asset market friendly a Trump administration would be. This time around, I think that the Fed really made the biggest difference, although, you know, as I said, his the effectiveness of his speech contributed some. Yeah, I, I don't want to draw you on exactly how much of this week's rally is was down to the Fed and, and down to Trump, but there is a sense in, in some quarters of the market that governing just got a bit difficult for Donald Trump and that they are much, they've kind of moved away from the Trumpflation trade much more towards the Fed. Do you accept that there's a bit of a reality check going on in the White House? I'd say in my travels, you know, I found that our U.S. investor client base are mixed on whether or not he'll be able to push through his agenda. I was in London about a month ago, and I'd say the client base there is pretty pessimistic, whereas the last uh, two and a half weeks I've been in Asia, where they're more optimistic on his ability to push it through and actually more positive by and large, on, on the ability to, uh, to cut a deal with the Trump administration. Mm-hmm. So it, it's possible that parts of the market have been underestimating his ability to actually get his agenda through. OK, let's talk about the Fed. Without wishing to preempt what Janet Yellen and Stanley Fisher say on Friday, this does feel like a really pretty orchestrated move by Fed officials to warm up the market for March. Do you agree? Uh, very much so. I, I think it started the prior week when we had a chorus, and it seemed a pretty coordinated chorus of Fed officials saying that March was not off the table. And at that time, hmm. March was priced in at maybe 20 to 25 percent. This week, 
the comments have been more assertive, suggesting that a, a hike was coming soon. And given the apparent coordinated nature of the comments and the lack of qualifications, I think the market is correctly inferring that they're eyeballing March as the, uh, as the next hike. I mean, how soon do you think we're going to start moving beyond March and, and looking at how many hikes for the rest of the year? I mean, clearly it all depends on how the Fed presents a March hike if it does. I think it's actually time to move beyond March, which is already 90% priced in yeah. by some calculations. You know, I would say that it's more interesting to ask the question, if they move in March, does that mean that three is, is the base mm. and they're uh, contemplating four? I think that till very recently, the market kind of thought that maybe they'll probably do two, but maybe three. There's no need to, to push March unless you want the optionality of doing four. And from a Fed perspective, doing June, September, December is not much different than doing March, September, December, or any other combination. So I think that they, they really would be pushing March only because they did think that four is, is a real possibility this time around. Okay. Anything, Steve, to derail March now? I mean, we've got payrolls next week. It would have to be super bad, really, wouldn't it? And it's not, not going to happen. I think so. And I think the Fed learned the lesson from last year that there was this one very poor payrolls around May that, that you know, got everyone worried. One of the tells in the market that conditions were actually much better is that initial claims and the surveys of employment expectations were all very positive. And this time around, I think given how positive claims have been that we're at close to 45-year lows in claims and the expectations of hiring and the surveys are quite strong, I think that the Fed would have to see an awful, you know, payrolls number, you know, before they, they considered it anything but a data aberration. So I think, you know, we get a 150 or 140 even, I think they're, they're still going to move because all of the other labor market indicators are much mm. more positive. Okay. So you've encapsulated where the Fed stands. You've talked about Trump. So in taking that together, what are the prospects for the dollar, say, in the second quarter of this year? I think that the dollar prospects are still relatively strong. I think one thing that we have the Fed priced in, I think we have repatriation largely priced in, and I think maybe a little bit of infrastructure spending priced in. The market is still very skeptical that they can push a big tax bill through with the border tax adjustment and so on. And I think they're underestimating the determination in Congress to actually get that kind of bill going through. Yeah. It won't get passed in the second quarter, but it, we could see indications that the bill is actually getting written and could come out of committee, and that would be dollar positive. Well, what are we missing about Donald Trump? What are investors just not focusing on enough? I think that they're underestimating the ability of the Republicans to actually push through their agenda. Mm. And given the you know their hold on Congress and President in Congress, so the Republicans in Congress seem to be coming closer together than anyone anticipated would be the case earlier. doesn't mean they love each other by nature, but they seem to be forming this working relationship that could be very effective and pushing forward their agenda. And is there more to come from Trump with executive orders? I mean, can he do more on, say, the deregulation agenda? Yes, and I think that's the primary reason that equities have done so well. Uh -huh. He has tremendous power with respect to things like drilling, as we've seen with pipelines, with financial market reform whether they interpret the Dodd-Frank regulations in a what's perceived as a market-friendly way or a very harsh 
right way, labor market regulation, broad environmental regulation, all of those, I think the market expects that he's going to use his signature to loosen up on the regulatory front. And I think that's why we've seen such a bounce in inequities. Finish off, Steve, with a uh, June the 30th target for the dollar, please, Steve. Well, you know, it's hard for me to give targets. I'd say that we're still in a very dollar-positive range. I, I think the yen is very sensitive to backing up of rates, positive equities environment, and certainly I see no indication that 120 is out of the picture. And I'd say that with euro-dollar, it could bounce after the French election, have a little bit of support if, if Le Pen doesn't win, which seems most by far most likely. But I think overall, we'll still end up you know, probably closer to parity than to where we are now. My thanks to Stephen Englander of Citigroup. We'll be discussing those payroll numbers data next week on hard currency. And we'll also examine Sterling's prospects as UK Chancellor Philip Hammond delivers his first budget. Join us to discuss that. Goodbye. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com.